0: Welcome, Bible Rundown, Pastors Rob Lindley and David Cottle. We're on day 12, Rob. Today we're looking at Genesis 29 through 30 and Matthew 9. And let's pick up Genesis 29. Jacob the deceiver. Is going to be himself deceived. Uh, we left off where he had the his dream angels coming back and forth from heaven down a ladder. Clearly, he's seeing the hand of God with him, but the marriage of these two sisters is—is is it providence? Is it you know sin? What what's going on?
1: Well, <clears throat> there's a lot going on here, but. But what is interesting is the Jacob the deceiver is being deceived by his father-in-law, future father-in-law, Laban. Now, Laban is, is kind of a deceptive. He's the seed of the serpent character in this story. And as he will deceive <coughs> uh, Jacob by marrying Leah instead of Rachel. So Jacob sees Rachel, he sees the woman of his dreams, he's like, man, I've, I've found my woman, I'm going to work seven years for her, he works his tail off. And then at the wedding, uh, Laban pulls a little switcheroo and switches the wives. Now, <clears throat> I, I, I'm I'm convinced that obviously the deceiver, the deceptive deceiver, Jacob, is being humbled, as you you would say, mm-hmm. by god himself to understand that he is really in need of the lord yeah and 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 what happens here is a humility aspect um leah is the one that's hated and yet she the the womb the womb is open for her rachel the one who is loved is uh she is barren and doesn't have any children so there's there's all this humbling aspect going on but it's it's you're you're to read this and laugh a little bit about uh, the nature of the story, how the deceptive one who deceived his brother into getting the birthright is now deceived into having a second wife, really? Yeah, and
0: and not only that, these sisters going back and forth with one another, right? And really, sister we're, wives. <laughs> yes, in in the literal sense, and uh, and I think though we back up and. Who, where are they finding their identity, right? I mean, you talked about Jacob being humbled, but here's both of these sisters, which we know the difficulties. We've already seen it throughout some of these passages where women are barren and just the agony that they're going through emotionally and physically not having children. But Leah is very fruitful. And we mentioned it before we started this. Who are the children that are coming through these two relationships? It's the 12 tribes of Israel that will become significant later on. So God is orchestrating still his story through it. But it's interesting. It's not until the fourth child, I think, uh, was the fourth Judah. Judah. That then in verse 35 of of chapter 29, as it closes on this chapter, she says, this time I will praise the Lord. Mm. And it's interesting. You know, I think for all of us, we go through these seasons of life where call it pride or self-sufficiency, but we we don't humble ourselves before the Lord and we struggle in, in whatever it is that we're looking for Him to do. And uh, sometimes God lets us get what we think we want, and when those things turn out to be empty-handed and not fulfilling, yeah. it really just brings us back to a point of humility where we
1: recognize he alone is what we need, and I think we see that with Leah. Yeah. So God establishes marriage in the garden, and it is completely destroyed in the family of God here mm. by marrying of two wives, by giving of their servants, by being barren. All of the things that you know God has designed in marriage to be fruitful and multiply are, as a result of the flu- of the fall, there is just a a complete. Um, Uh, just collapse of God's design and order in which he has designed it. Mm -hmm. And this is kind of a, a picture of Israel, right? God has designed Israel to be... Um, The the fruit of Abraham, of Isaac, of Jacob, as as the 12 tribes of Israel will come from Jacob. Jacob is a deceptive one, and so he is like the serpent. And yet, even in this madness of a family here, in which there's servants given to Jacob to have children with, and all of these things happening, God is putting it back into order. Yeah and we'll see we'll see the results of this continue on with Joseph as Rachel is the one who is loved and Leah is not Joseph the son of Rachel will be the one who is loved by Jacob Israel and there therefore will cause hostility amongst the brothers yeah and Jacob
0: <clears throat> the shepherd is a good connection to the new testament reading we have today Matthew 9 and we have this uh, incredible healings uh, questions about fasting, but I really want to focus us on the end of chapter 9. Um, famous account, Jesus sees the crowds in verse 36. He has compassion <clears throat> on them. He's physically moved to see these these people with all of their infirmities just, and it says harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And so we have this agricultural connection back to what we saw in the Old Testament. But then Jesus tells his disciples What's the response to seeing the brokenness of the world? Pray to the Lord of the harvest. It just kind of reminded me as I was reflecting on it, you know, God desires to shepherd our life. We were talking about that with Jacob. He wants to orchestrate um, the direction and the purpose for our life with him being at the center. But how quickly are we just to, hey, I've got this need. I can jump on Amazon. I can Google what the answer is to it and be self-sufficient. And uh, these people clearly at this time don't have access to any of those things that we do now. But it just made me ask the question, what would our evangelism look like if we really shepherded people towards the Lord? Just urging them
1: to go and find him is the thing that satisfies in life. And I would just say this to end our podcast today: Matthew eight and nine. At the end of eight, he calms a storm. He heals two men with demons. In nine, he heals a man who cannot walk. In ten, he or in nine, he also uh, heals a, a girl. Is restored back to life. He heals two blind men. Heals a man unable to speak. All of these things, he's putting back into order that which was made disorder as a result of the fall. Mm-hmm. And so even the man who who's, who cannot walk, he says, rise, take up your mat and walk. But he says to him instead, your sins are forgiven. And see, he's putting back into order how we were created and designed to be and improving and to us as we read these passages, Jesus is God. Amen. Well, we'll end on that
0: note today. Thanks for joining us. Bible Rundown. Go out to the app and put your thoughts down for your devotional today.